edition of Gain and Retain 365, where our goal is to educate and motivate aspiring entrepreneurs on how to get started. Today we have a very special guest. I will allow her to introduce herself. What's up everybody? It's the poet, the artist, the creator, and energy curator, Drika Wrights, and we're live with Gain and Retain 365, and you know what's up. Yeah. So I'll just stop right there. You know, I'll, let you, I'll introduce myself as just the poet, the artist, the creator, and energy curator. Ooh. I so like I'm, I'm ready for these questions today that you got for me. I like that. I love your energy, too. Look, I try to have good energy. Yeah. One of the kids I worked with the other day, they told me, I like working with you because you bring the vibes. So just know I'm going to always bring, bring the bring, vibes. She bring the vibes. <laughs> How you doing today? I feel good. I woke up this morning, and I made this status on Facebook today. I said, I, I'm so excited to be alive today. Um, I was talking to my mentor about how we're – on this journey to like really grow and be somebody, but sometimes we don't stop and just enjoy like what's happening in the journey. We always trying to get to that goal, but we have to take a moment to stop and like really smell the flowers because I I'm so grateful to be able to be doing what I'm doing. That's what's up and enjoy the moment. And enjoy the moment. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious if you will just fill the world in on what it is that you do exactly. All right, so in simple, I do poetry for a living. <laughs> I always love to tell people that. But I am a master motivator and a teaching artist, so I love to use the arts as a way to reach youth. So I go in, I teach poetry workshops as a vehicle to help students learn how to uh, really channel their emotions and facilitate self-expression. And then I also work with youth educators as well to show them how to use the arts as a vehicle to address social emotional learning. Okay, okay. I'm an author. Um, I have a couple of books that I've published, uh, 17 Mirrors. This is my book of poetry that I dropped in 2018. And I have a new book coming out called The Art of Securing a Bag. And it's 27 ways to monetize your talent. So I really love to empower people to know that whatever it is that they do or have a talent in, like they can literally create revenue through that. That's dope. That's dope. So I'm curious, how how long have you been doing poetry? When did this start? Yeah, I've been doing poetry since I was 11 years old. I was introduced to poetry by way of my sixth grade teacher. Her name was Crystal Braswell. And after that, I would always write my poems on this construction paper and I would put it on my wall in my room. And after that, in ninth grade, I actually felt like a poem was given to me. It really came to my spirit because it woke me out of my sleep and I had to write it. And when I wrote it, I read it to my mama and she was like, oh my God, I feel like you're telling my story. Um, I want you to read it at church. And I was like, oh, okay. Wow. I read it at church and you know, the church people, they make you feel real good. They made me feel like I did really good. So I thought I had a gift and a talent. So I started doing public speaking classes to try to hone in on my skill set. And then I was introduced to the like underground world of poetry. There's a guy named True Poet. Um, I had went to a poetry slam that the Little Rock School District was putting on and they let me perform. I couldn't compete because I was going to East Dem Charter School and they didn't want me to win their school's money, which is totally fine. But after that, I learned about 
like the performance aspect of poetry and I became a part of a team called Foreign Tongues which is a, a national poetry troupe and we actually played second in the world one year in the second largest poetry slam called Southern Fried and after I graduated high school well even in high school I had my own poetry club I organized our Poetry Out Loud competition which is part of a national um, initiative so Poetry Out Loud has three sessions where you have a school level competition, a state level competition, and then a national competition. And for my East Lab project, I organized the school level competition. You were supposed to get an adult to do it, but I guess I thought I was grown. So I had my own poetry group and I put that together. And it was so crazy because as an adult, um, when I became the arts and education program manager for Arkansas, I got to organize the state level competition um, for that. So. And simple to answer your question, I've been doing poetry for 17 years. Wow. Wow. So I, I definitely um, I feel that you're very passionate about it. Very. Yeah. So um, starting out at a, at a young age, you were writing poems, mm -hmm. and you, you had your first chance to share it with the world at church, right? Right. And then you you proceeded, and you, and you did some... Um, some events at school, you Yep, I did events at school. Okay, so what type of uh, feedback were you getting from that? It was good. Now, with Poetry Out Loud, it's a recitation competition, meaning you have to recite somebody else's work. Um, and I had one student that was in the group. His name was Malik Duhart. I'm so proud of him. But he had won, and afterwards he just talked about how, you know, it really made him feel good that he was able to do something like that and win, and his parents were proud of him. So the feedback was good. Um, I was known as the girl that did poetry at school, literally. So all the students who did attend my poetry workshops, they really loved it. They really enjoyed it. Um, sometimes on my Facebook memories, I see like the comments they used to post on my timeline talking about how excited they were to be able to come to poetry class. So that made me feel good, like I was in alignment with my purpose. That's dope. That's dope. So, um, how, how supportive was your, was your family as far as with your poetry? Now, my mama, she, she gonna boost me up. It don't matter what. So, they were definitely supportive. My mama, she always just encouraged me to write. Now, as for my daddy, I mean, I can't really say he was supportive because actually my poetry was about him uh, most of the time. So, I don't think he know just yet unless he come across one of my videos on Facebook. But... My mama, she always just encouraged me to do my poetry. She really believed in me. And I have a little sister, and she won't admit this, but, you know, she started taking up poetry. Um, and she really took well to it. Like, she's in her third year of college at UCA right now, but with her poetry, she's been able to perform in front of boards, you know, in different conferences for different organizations. She's traveled um, doing a choreo poem stage play so I know me doing poetry, you know, really impacted her and helped shape, shape the, the wonderful poet and artist that she is. Wow. Wow. So um, what, what doors of opportunity has this gift open for you? Well, it's opened every door possible really? because my first opportunity I got to teach a poetry workshop was with an organization called Arkansas Learning Through the Arts. And I was a teenager. I taught at a school in High Springs, and I was teaching them about Langston Hughes. But 
once I realized that, wow, people actually go in and use poetry as a way to like work with students, I was like, okay, I can really do this. So having that talent of poetry, it allowed me into the door of being able to teach poetry workshops because I hadn't had no experience in it, but somebody, you know, passed the torch to me and said, hey, just try it. And after that, I just really stayed with it because I learned, um, well, and before I say that, actually, after I worked with Arkansas Learning Through the Arts, they didn't bring me back for a second, a second round. I don't think I did good the first time I tried this out, but I was able to work with an after-school program um, under the direction of Sheila Hayes, and that's where I got the opportunity to really thrive in my skill set with using poetry to work with youth. So I taught poetry and creative writing in an after-school program. I was at various schools in the Little Rock School District, and I learned like how powerful it was, how powerful of a tool it was in working with students. Because not only am I giving you a chance to like express yourself and talk about things you don't usually get to talk about, but we're also simultaneously increasing your comp your uh, communication skills, mm -hmm. your comprehension skills, because something that I recognize with um, students and especially minority students is there's this blockage around their voices. And me being me, I'm always going to want to bring the best out of any student that I work with. And poetry has just been one of those simple tools that will get them to get up, stand up, and speak. And we would just do that every day until they start to feel comfortable and powerful and using their voice because our voice is one of the most powerful things that we own. If you think about how influential words are and sound, if you think about the preacher, if you think about people who sing, like, I always say, you know, what we consume with our ears and our eyes determines how we think, feel, and behave. So if you think about what we listen to all the time and how it literally influences us, I feel really obligated to teach students, like, how to really hone in on their skill because it can literally take you far. It can. It can. Words are very powerful. And, I mean, being able to express yourself with words, that's, a, that's definitely a gift. It is. It's a gift. It's an art and just communicating. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, I listen to different poets, but one of my favorite poets, a lot of people don't realize he was a poet, was Tupac. Oh, yeah. And he was definitely a poet with his, you know, which he transitioned into music, you know, mm -hmm. with, word, uh, with rap or whatever, but he was a poet. Yeah. Yeah, and he had some, he had some great work. Um, who were some of the poets that you look to as far as, like, inspiration? Uh, they may be. Mm. So some poets that I really admire, and a lot of them are for, from Arkansas. I have my friend Oya, the poet, super talented. Her wordplay is crazy. Um, true poet, again, he was the one that really introduced me to the underground scene of poetry. And he has a style that's really um, unorthodox because he's almost like a battle rapper, but his performance, his, his level of performance and his ability to like really communicate his message through like his tone and his body language is very powerful. So he's definitely somebody that um, I really enjoy watching and learning from. And my sister Tasha Mayo, of course, um, I love her, her swag and like her ability to be very authentic. Now, as far as commercial artists that people would probably know, 
Um, I don't want to be cliche and say Maya Angelou because I think I only know two of her poems, Still I Rise and Phenomenal Woman. But Nikki Giovanni, I recently committed myself to learning about other poets and I was listening to her and like how raw she is. Like she, she's going to tell it how it is. Like even if it make you uncomfortable. And I loved it because like I said, poetry allowed me to channel my voice. And one of the things that I struggled with is being passive and not really speaking on how I feel out of fear that it may make somebody else uncomfortable. But with Nikki Giovanni, that's not a fear of her. So being able to witness that kind of fearlessness, it inspires me to tell my truth because in actuality, by me expressing my truth, it helps somebody else. It does. It does. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Um, so with the, uh, the, the students that you work with and you're teaching them how to express themselves through words, right? Mm -hmm. Um, what, what has been a success rate? Like, have they been very receptive to what you're bringing to the table? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can work with any group of students. The kids that you don't like that are bad, my favorite. Because, again, I'm not necessarily going to teach them poetry. Poetry is just the vehicle that I'm using to allow them to express themselves and to really grow as individuals. But students are very receptive to it, especially because of the way that I present it to them. Earlier, I was telling you, there was a student, you know, I always ask for feedback because kids, they tell the truth now. They do. Very they, they tell the truth. So I love when I get feedback from my students. And when she said, you know, you bring the vibes. I had one student say, you bring the vibes. Another one said, you, uh, I love coming to Miss Dreesa's class because she made me believe I could do things that I thought I couldn't do. So my mission is always to educate, entertain, and empower. And when you do those three things, you're able to reach kids in a way that is effective. Mm -hmm. So it's always successful. Now, I will have one or two every now and again that's just like, no, this is not the move. I don't want to speak. Like They let that fear consume them. But usually I'm able to work with any group. I actually worked with the Arkansas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired, and it was my first time ever working with a, a big group of people who were visually impaired and blind. Now, I worked with one girl that was blind before, but to do an entire group, it was a different experience for me because as a person who is able to see, you know, I'm having, I'm having to try to think, like, how to make sure that my language is accessible and that I'm really giving them what they need. So when I did that workshop at the Arkansas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired, it was so powerful because you saw students actually be engaged with what it is that I was saying and talk about talking about. Um, I got to witness them literally type poems on their braille typewriters, their braille notepads, and some had like digital tablets where they just increased the font size so that they can see what they were doing but there was so much energy in the room and some of the feedback that I got from that group I had one guy he said I'm glad I got to do this because I got to express some things that I otherwise would have done negatively hmm. and that's always my goal again to teach them how to use this form of art to get stuff off their chest and I never go in and tell them that, hey, y'all, I'm about to teach you how to do poetry so that you can be mentally sound and I'm going to address your, your social, emotional health. I never do that. I always just pray that when I go in, I'm able to give them 
what they need and not what I want them to have. So to get that feedback, it lets me know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And to provide kids with that kind of outlet, we don't even know how many lives will be changed just because a door was open for one child. And that's why what I do, I take very seriously because I believe my words are not just for me, they're for somebody else. And me helping somebody else is not just me helping one person, it's me helping generations to come. So I know that my impact and influence will transcend beyond who I'm talking to right in front of me on this one day. I know it's gonna affect people that have not even been born yet. Right, right, I love that. It's, I mean, it's the gift that God gave you. You're supposed to give it away, and it's yep. supposed to help and impact others. Um, and I love the fact that you said that they're able to channel that energy into something positive. Yep. Because that one student said he was able to express himself in a positive manner instead of going to do something negative. Exactly. And sometimes that we, we need that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious. So you, you, you do classes, right? Yep. Um, so how do you go about organizing these, these classes? How do people get in contact with you? Uh, what's, the, what's the process? So I have my business. It's called Seven of Arts. Okay. And... Essentially, what people, what I do is I contract with schools a week at a time to do these poetry workshops. Like I'll go in for three days, teach them about different figurative language skills, and then we'll do writing exercises, and then we wrap it up with a poetry slam. That way, whoever's in the school, the staff, um, the family members, they can actually come and see what their students have been working on. But people can reach out to me um, via my website, Seven of Arts and book a time for me to come and work with their students, uh, whether they be an organization or a school or a church. Anybody that wants to bring me in, I'll work with them. And in addition to my poetry workshops for youth, I offer professional development for youth educators. So even with them, I teach them how to use the art of poetry in their classroom. And I also do it to where I take them through the whole workshop themselves so that they get the space to be able to express themselves too. Because a lot of times we forget about the educators. They're people too. Like they're they're working to make sure our kids get what they need, but they they need this that safe space too to be able to express themselves. Right, right, right. I'm curious, you have a, a background in education? Do I have a background in education? Not degree wise, but I have been in the schools literally since I was eighteen. Okay. But I went to the University of Central Arkansas and I got my degree in Insurance and risk management. Really? So it's a bachelor's of business administration degree. Okay. Had nothing to do with education. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. Hey, you're not an arts major. Okay. I'm not. I'm wow. not. And you know what? I did that on purpose. I didn't want to go to school for something that I felt like I was already skilled in. Mm-hmm. And I did used to want to be a teacher until I didn't want to be a teacher no more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So I, I never want, wanted to go into the formal role of teaching because there you don't have the leeway or the freedom to give them what you need. Well, at least from what I'm wanting to give them, I knew being in that, uh, in one of those core areas, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm able to do in an after-school setting or if I'm coming in at like just a week at a time with students. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the name of your business is Seven of... Arts. Seven of Arts. And mm-hmm. how did you come up with the name? I came up with that name because I really love the number seven, and we know that the number seven is the number of completion, and I believe art completes life, so 
seven of arts is completion through the arts for mm. me. So. I like that. I like that. <laughs> so, and how long has that been in existence? That has been in existence since October of last year. I formally started my business um, as an LLC. But before that, I was just operating under my own name. But last year, I was working as the arts and education program manager for the state of Arkansas. And I, I was sitting in my desk one day, and I was planning out some dates for the next year. And something just said, girl, you're not even going to be here that long. And I was like, oh, okay. And I really just took that as a sign to go ahead and do what I knew that I really wanted to do, which was being able to get back into the direct service aspect of the arts because originally what I was doing was just helping artists and art organizations get money to implement arts into academics but I wanted to be back in the classroom you know doing the direct service part of it so I quit my job November of 2021 and I decided that this is what I was going to do full-time and that I was going to make my skill my talent and my gift provide for me so I've been doing that since last year and literally when I left my job I did not have nothing lined up like I, I thought I was crazy I'm like girl you didn't save up for this how are you gonna pay your bills how are you gonna do that but I had to release that fear because I, I, I'm always talking about not letting fear hinder you so I had to really eat my own words and say hey you know I know that this will work out right now it doesn't look like that because you don't have nothing lined up in, in, or in place right. and I'm like I'm just gonna have faith in myself have faith in God and I'm, I'm gonna leave and when I left I literally I locked in a contract within two weeks a five-month contract within two weeks of leaving my job and it was just confirmation that this is this is what you you need to be doing like do it full-time do it full out and and make it work for you Hmm. So October will make a full year for you. Yep. Okay. 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 And so, how how has everything been moving for you so far? So it's been moving. Now I'm still working on like really solidifying more long term contracts with uh, organizations and really catching my stride and not having to work so hard to get business, but bringing in so much business that I I just have to I have to bring on other people, but. Definitely, I still have been getting contracted. You know, thank God I've been able to still provide for myself um, and everything, just doing what I love. So that that makes me feel really good. And that's another reason I say, you know, I feel so excited to be alive today because I'm like, wow, you know, I did something that was so scary, which believing in yourself is very, very scary. But I did that, and it literally my talent made room for me and I'm so grateful for that and I'm very confident that my business and my organization will continue to progress. It will, it will. Mm -hmm. I can, you have so much passion that you full, of, you. you full of purpose. I know you're going to be successful. Um, at this moment, are you, is it currently a one woman army? It's just you? It's just me, but I actually, I, I'm training up a couple of teaching artists right now to bring them on because my goal is to touch five different states this year. I will touch five different states this year. So I'm bringing on a couple of other individuals so that we can spread the workload. And I'm also just in the process of thinking about ways to scale this business and make it more accessible. So I am uh, planning to create digital products and things that people can 
by that don't require me to like literally be there in their presence for them to be able to get the benefit of it. Okay. And I know you mentioned earlier about your upcoming book, um, how to monetize your, um, your art, uh, mm-hmm. monetize your content, whatever, whatever it is. So what, what are some of the ways that you, you monetize your, uh, your IP, I say, your intellectual property? <laughs> Man, y'all got to get the book to see that. No. <laughs> no, one of the biggest things um, to be able to monetize your talent is to not wait for the opportunity, but to create it. So no matter what it is that you do, can you create an opportunity for yourself? Can you put on your own show and your own event to help bring in revenue? You can sell products. I know whenever I do any event, I'm going to always have some books or some shirts because right after you get done performing, if people like you, they want to take you home. Right. Like they probably can't physically take you home, but right. if you can have something that they can purchase, then you can end up making more money than you probably got paid to come out. True. You know, True. and that happens a lot of times for me. And even in one of my uh, ways to monetize your talent, I have a section that says when to free and when not to free. So a lot of times, especially with artists, people want to pay you an exposure. Say, hey, you know, I want to book you. I can't pay you, but um, if you come out, you get some exposure. And sometimes people are just, they're resistant to that, but I'm actually an advocate for exposure. You know, if it makes sense, go out there and do it. But at the same time, you have to know you're going to have to figure out a creative way to make some money before you leave there. I can do something for free, but I promise you, I'm, go- I'm going to leave with some money because that's just how I am. Right, right. But having you some products, knowing how to network, because you may go to an event that's going to pay you an exposure that's actually putting you in front of people who can pay you and book you. I know it happened to me several times where I'm doing something for free, you know, out of the goodness of my heart because I wanted to, but I'm leaving with three or four contacts that I'm going to be able to get paid from. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. knowing and understanding when to free and when not to free is very powerful. And also investing in yourself. Like when you invest in yourself, that's you putting out to the universe that you believe in what it is that you do. And that is going to come back to you tenfold if you, if you really and truly believe in what it is that you have and what you do. Oh, well, the top thing to do is invest in yourself, knowing when to free and when not to free and creating the opportunity and not waiting. And of course, uh, uh, and I'll name two other things. I don't want to give you all the whole book, but creating digital courses or ebooks and selling those on the Internet great ways to be able to monetize what you do. And then the last and final thing, and I I really don't want to tell y'all the secret because I just believe I need to package this up and sell it to you. But one of the number one things is to teach what you know. Mm. I'm a poet. Majority of my money does not come from people booking me to perform my poetry. It comes from people booking me to teach poetry. So if you have a skill or a talent, offer it back to the world by teaching it. And especially, uh, I know we're in a season where people have a lot of digital courses and they claim they can help you do this, that, and the third. But I know a lot of people who don't put out information that they have because they believe that they have to be an expert in what it is that they do. And that's not true. Somebody said something that really changed my mindset. They said, 
you don't have to be an expert. All you need to be is one step ahead of somebody in order to help somebody. And that one step ahead of somebody can produce income for you. So how can you teach what it is that you know and package it in a way that can get you some pesos? Hmm. <laughs> I like that. Appreciate them tips too. That's good. But y'all stay tuned and y'all y'all pre-order that book as soon. I think October they can pre-order? Yes. Well, actually, um, my book, it's already out on pre-order. It will be dropping in this year of 2022. But if you go to my website, Drika.com, you can pre-order The Art of Securing the Bag for $20. Yeah. Y'all go get that for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um I'm curious, any, um, I see recently that you, you received the, uh, influential woman of the year, one yeah. of, woman of influence. Yeah. 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 So tell me a little bit about that. Well, so that was a total surprise. My friend, Tim Campbell, actually, he, um, I was helping him plan an event because he was featured in a documentary on PBS called the Rose that grew from concrete. So it's crazy. He was talking about Tupac earlier, you know, that's the title of one of his poems, but we were putting on a screening and an award ceremony for him and we were giving out awards to people in the community who've been, you know, very influential in the lives of youth. And by surprise, I was hosting and he gave me an award and I just really appreciated that, you know, cause it, it always feels good to be recognized by others. But also too, I, I always remember that, um, External validation can only get you so far, so we must remember to even validate ourselves, uh, even if someone else is doing it or not doing it. Like, we have to give ourselves that love, um, that care, that attention, and that recognition that we sometimes want so desper desperately from other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pat yourself on the back. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, you pat yourself on the back too. Yeah, side. there we go. Yep. Every <laughs> once in a while it's necessary. It is, yeah. it is. And that's how you go to the next level, really, because when you just rely on outside forces, it's like giving your power away. It is, it is, mm -hmm. yep, yep. People, not, people don't always see your true value, you know what I mean? And then some people see it, but they're not going to acknowledge it, you know yep. what I mean? Yep, yeah. that's true. And that's why, um, even with myself, I'm always aware and try to make sure that I give other people their flowers too because right. it can be sometimes that we see somebody and we think we think like oh my god they're so great but we never verbalize exactly, it exactly so I'm remembering to like when I think something if I think somebody is great tell them send them a note like there are probably a lot of people that can tell you I randomly say hey you want my spirit I'm just so proud of you this is cool what you did I admired it so giving other people their flowers, giving yourself your flowers, and that energy, it'll come back. It will, it will, yeah. Just like a boomerang, it'll come yep, back. Definitely. <laughs> um, I'm curious, besides besides your book, um, any upcoming endeavors? So I have a lot of things coming up, and I'll just tell y'all all of them. So <laughs> <laughs> I have the Create the Life You Want college tour that I'm doing where I'm going to colleges all across the states and working with the college students for an hour and a half long workshop where I'm speaking, performing some poetry and engaging them in really uh, profound dialogue and doing exercises like team build that's focusing on team building and like really building your self-worth because college is one of those tumultuous times. I like that word tumultuous. You like it? It's one of those tumultuous times that people are trying to figure out who it is that they are and where they want to go. So through my Create the Life You Want college tour, 
I'm working with those students to help them restore like self-belief within themselves and to show them that like you you literally have the power to be whoever it is that you want to be in life. One thing that I always teach, you know, even with my my younger kids, I teach them to be be your own superhero. And when I say that be your own superhero, it's me telling you to like take responsibility for your life because you are the one who's going to essentially determine where it is that you end up. You determine your your level of success. And when you give people their power, man, there's no limits to where they can go. So create the life you want tour happening all year. And the next thing I have coming up, I'm doing a 10K uh, campaign fundraiser for my organization, Seven of Arts, because I want to create a nonprofit branch of it so that I'm able to provide services for students who uh, don't necessarily have the access to them. So I have that and I will be hosting my arts and education soiree on July 7th. And you can find information about that by following me at Drika Wrights. I'm pretty sure he's going to have the name tagged somewhere yeah. on here. But I have that. And on April 27th, I have a poetry slam that will be at Mosaic Templars from 6 to 8 p.m. So I'm bringing real poetry slam back. And poetry slam is when people compete with poetry and there's rules and regulations. So it's different from just an open mic and you sharing your work, but you're literally competing against people. Um, you have to have, there'll be five unbiased judges and they grade you on a 0, 0.0 to 10.0 scale. We drop the highest and the lowest score and then the highest you can get is a 30 for each round. There's no props and there's a three minute time limit. And if you go over, you get like a 0.5 deduction for every 10 seconds you go over. So it's competitive style poetry and that'll be happening again on April 27th at Mosaic Templars Cultural Center in Little Rock, Arkansas from 6 to 8 p.m. It's only going to be $10. And in addition to those three things, I am... Okay, I think that was it. What? You got, you got a lot. You got a lot. Let me see. Oh, my book. I did tell y'all about that. The book, the book is coming out. And there's a lot of other things that I'm rolling out, too, to be on the lookout for. I'll be starting this thing called the Creators Social, Creators Social, where artists and creators, they'll be able to come out and mix and mingle with each other. And we'll do a series where we're having empowerment speakers and doing a series of workshops that, again, teach artists how to be in business because a lot of artists they don't know how to be in business for themselves true, true. and that's needed for mm -hmm. sure so they can monetize it. exactly yeah. there's money to be made people i like that i like that mm -hmm. um so you you stepped out on faith you started your business the seven of arts um what words of encouragement would you give for anyone listening that's, that's wanting to step mm -hmm. out on faith and start a business what would you tell them First thing I would say is that your body will not lie to you. So if there is something in your spirit that's moving you in a direction that feels slightly uncomfortable, that's the spirit telling you, girl or boy, go ahead and step out on faith. Do it. So trust your body. Trust your spirit. Trust your intuition and go for it because what's the worst that could happen? And my second thing would be, Fear is a liar and a thief. Don't let it rob you, okay? Because it will strip you of opportunities if you let it. And my last thing is, 
have a plan. If you leave um, a stable nine to five job where you used to getting a weekly, bi-weekly check, when you leave, you have to have discipline because you won't always be motivated at all. Some days you're gonna wake up and be like, what the did I do? Right. But you're gonna have to stay disciplined and committed to the vision because in the beginning it can be rocky, but you have to literally be committed and treated like a nine to five. So when I wake up, I treat my business like a nine to five. I get up and I work. I dress myself up, put my eyebrows on, you know, slap on a wig, put some nails on like, I treat it like a business because it is. And I have to take myself seriously so everybody else can. True, that's true. So do it. If you feel it in your spirit, just do it. Just do it. Like Nike, just do it. Okay. You ain't get the check. Oh, wow. That was good. Bars. Yeah. I felt it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do poetry? I don't know. You rap? <laughs> I used to try. You know, every I, young I, black I male felt tried, to, tried to rap once before. Let us hear something. No, 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 no. Oh, man, he's shy. No, you're going to have to give a poem before I give a verse. <laughs> I'm, I'm always down. I'm look, look, look. I ain't going to tempt you. I ain't going to do it. I ain't never scared. Look, look. I'm curious. Um, what, what, How are you able to be reached? Um, social media handles? However. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you can reach me on all platforms at Drake Writes. That's D-R-E-K-K-I-A-W-R-I-T-E-S. And... Literally, if you if you Google me, I'm probably the only one that'll show up, so it will not be difficult. My mama gave me a very unique name, and I'm appreciative. So, Drika writes everywhere. Drika on Instagram, Drika writes on Twitter, Drika writes on Facebook, Drika.com, Drika writes on LinkedIn, Drika writes on YouTube, Drika writes on, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> now, it writes, that's not your government name. It's not my government okay, name. Okay, okay. So, I do want to let people know. My government name is Sandrika Morning. So my last name is Morning, like Good Morning. Um, but my full name is Sandrika Vicky Morning. And I came up with Drika Rights because Facebook wouldn't let me use my real last name. Really? Right. They won't let you use Morning. Well, it didn't let me use Morning. I know with my mama, she dropped the G on her name so that she could use it. But I don't know why they were hating, but they did. But I like Drinker Rights. It's cool. Yeah, I do. I like it too. I was it's just wondering. Fitting. Like, is that a real name? Like, no. that's more than a coincidence. And she's a poet, author, and all this good stuff. No, <laughs> Sandrika Morning is definitely my government name, and it's my school board name. So I always love to tell people, uh, Drinker Rights and Sandrika Morning, two different people. So Drinker Rights is not representing what I do on the school board. You gotta remember that. You know, politics get crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they control the world. Yeah. Oh, Ms. Wrights, I appreciate you for taking time out your schedule to be with us, mm -hmm. and it's been a pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for allowing me to be here. This was good. Nice, energetic, motivational space. I don't know if y'all can see everything in here, but there's these motivational quotes around here, and I just feel super empowered. I feel like I'm going to be a leader. I'm going to execute. I she, will not feel, and I will succeed. She brought the energy. She brought the vibes, y'all. I tried. Yeah, she did. <laughs> Thank you. We wish you well on all your future endeavors. Thank you. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up.